Hey guys, and welcome to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. I will be reviewing episode 1315, Bob Lazar and Jeremy Corbell. Pretty excited about this one. Um, a little bit of catch-up because I was uh, sick the past few weeks, so um, uh, a few episodes behind, but, but uh, bear with me. And thank you, as always, for downloading and supporting the podcast. Uh, without you guys, I really wouldn't even bother. So thank you. No, I'm just kidding. I love doing this. Um, Bob Lazar, what a fascinating dude. If you haven't seen his documentary on Netflix, which I watched, uh, really, I, I think Joe had like an old comedian buddy on Friend that uh, started talking about the Bob Lazar documentary, and uh, that's how the whole ball got rolling. But I watched it shortly after that, and it really was very fascinating is very fascinating definitely worth a watch so anyway without further ado let's get started yeah so this was an intense episode mainly because of how nervous poor Bob was. And that really does come across in the documentary as well. If you watch that, he's pretty terrified of a lot of the potential repercussions. And it's very real for him. And what I do like uh, about what he's saying is, is you know, with any of these guys, you got to look for where the credibility is, right? And anytime people are making a lot of money off something or they've written books or they're getting a lot of fame... That's kind of motivation for them to embellish things. But he doesn't want that. He didn't take any money for the documentary. I guess they gave a lot of money away to different school programs and things. He insisted on paying his own flights to get out to Rogan's podcast. And by all accounts, he really didn't sound like he wanted to be on it. He got a migraine. He This isn't fun for him. But he feels incredibly passionate about telling this story. Um and obviously, you know, you get through it, but but that really struck me, and I, I don't know how you guys felt about it, but that that one really stood out. I was like, okay, right. So you're not trying to make money and necessarily get famous, though there is some fame from this level of exposure. Um, but he did insist at the end that he wants to be left alone. He doesn't want people to come to his house. Uh, so what is left? Are you just mad? Are you just a crazy person? Doesn't sound too crazy to me, apart from the story is so fascinating to listen to and and that's when he gets into it so he like he said he was working on some sort of gravity device some device that can make gravity just imagine what that would be like you know try and put yourself in his shoes you're like mid-20s you're an engineer physicist guy all of a sudden you're taken to this remote location and you're seeing these machines that are or these devices that are highly guarded, massively protected, and they're doing things that you didn't even know exist, and you're seeing it in front of you. How trippy is that? It must be so insane. I mean, the fact that if these things could be real, to me, what makes it so difficult to believe it is that people like him talk about this stuff. People would want to. I don't know how badly they can scare you to where you wouldn't talk about things unless they just start killing everybody. Then maybe you'd shut up. But, uh, you know, they've obviously done a lot to him to scare him and raid him and and pressure him. 
but he's still able to do it. I mean, he went on Rogan. I mean, Rogan's not scared for his life because Bob went on. So you would just think more people would talk about this stuff if there was incredible things out there. It, it just seems to be like, I, you know, because think of the guys that do it. They're scientists. They're, they're, they're explore like they want to learn, right? And, and they don't want to learn just for themselves. They want to learn for everybody. The point of us learning is to pass this knowledge on, teach the next generation. But if the next generation doesn't even know this stuff exists, and most people don't, then isn't that strange? You would have thought the same people that they brought in to investigate this technology would be the ones that are most likely to talk about it. Who knows? I don't know. But it sounded unbelievable to me. And, uh, you know, some of the stuff that he said is popped up being true and joe talks about that i guess element 115 wasn't on the periodic table till like uh 2004 now my degree is biochemistry uh, i'm not a material chemist so i don't know anything about um you know the development of elements and and um their uses in that it's more like the biological side of it but i did other chemistry and organic chemistry and and regular chemistry and so to me you know i'm just nerdy so that's like it's fascinating and the fact that he was calling out this element in like 1989 that hadn't even been developed since 2004 and when it has there are that it does show some properties that that could be used for the type of technologies that that um theoretically that bob is talking about though we're miles away from even making it stable so you know it could that be an amazing coincidence i mean could he have just hypothesized this probably not i mean you know he's not a chemist in that realm anyway unless he just heard it from somebody else truly fascinating again though could it be a coincidence in the sense of you know if he's throwing out so many things that haven't been proven yet a couple things have i guess the question is what can you not prove well you can't see these craft i mean especially saying that he had not like he saw nine ufos like the u.s government has nine ufos what what other governments have ufos how many are there? if we if the u.s has nine and i say we i'm english but i live in america now i live in la so I, I am a citizen here so i'm gonna say we but we as the melting pot of america we have nine ufos some countries have at least one a few must do you know, and how long have we had them for? You know, I wonder that too. Like the Germans during World War Two, that was just one country that almost took on the whole world, and they had some pretty sick, you know, missiles and technology. You know, maybe they had a UFO that they were studying. Makes you think, or maybe it makes it reminds you that you've been smoking too much weed. I'm not sure. I'm sure that's why Joe gets into this stuff, though. Why he loves it. But this whole conversation was just so fascinating. You know, he talked about somebody on his team dying before he got there. I guess they were trying to cut into the the propulsion system with like a plasma tool, and it blew up. And he gives the he gives the example of like saying if he took a nuclear reactor back in time and told engineers to figure it out, as soon as they opened it to the core, they would all die. They wouldn't know what it is. They would have no idea. So of course, that's what would be happening. I mean insane doesn't make sense and i guess they got it working they just don't know how it works uh, and i like the analogy he gave of, of sending a dirt bike back in time with a key in 
you know, people could tinker and turn things and push things and eventually you turn it on and maybe even ride it around, but they won't know how to make it. They won't know how to make the plastics. They won't know how to build a lot of the precision parts or if it was before fuel, they wouldn't even know how to make that. So, so that's a really good example. It makes a lot of sense. And he's obviously sat and thought about this for a very long time. I liked the way he was talking. Um, and he was honest with his memory, too, which was a cool thing. I have a lot of respect for that. You know, he would be like, I can't remember. He, he wanted to be very careful about lying or getting caught in a lie, because I'm sure people call him out on it. But memory is fallible, and it happens. And, uh, you know, you can... You can forget things, miss things, um, misrepresent things. I mean, it's it's all possible. It all does happen. But yeah, he was very careful about it. When he did describe the inside of the craft, it was kind of eerie. He said there was like no buttons or anything, but it kind of looked like melted wax, no controls, and it was all very small. And there was like one doorway and a hatch that had like, the hatch would open and then the doorway was... Uh, what was the deal with the doorway? It, it it could like go transparent or something. There was like a screen on there. That was something. And then he said that the craft would bend light and radio waves because of the gravity machine. And then he saw one fly. I guess they put someone in it and flew it. Imagine that pilot. You're sat in this thing. You have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, honestly, if you were sat in there and then suddenly you turn it on, what's to make you think that there's not like a Tesla... Um, automatic home driving button and all of a sudden you push it and instead of just going a few feet off the ground it just zips off into space and heads right back to this planet with you inside I mean why is that crazy to think Teslas drive themselves you could I don't know how all that works but I'm pretty sure you just put in your home destination and it starts driving uh, or something similar maybe the ship when it feels like it's damaged would just do that once it gets fixed it's like oh this is damaged we need to go back to home base zip and you're gone uh, i don't know that would be all the stuff that'd be running through my head i would not do it i would not want to work on this stuff it would be cool to know about but uh i honestly wouldn't want to get near it i would assume all of it would kill you i mean knowing that technology we're just monkeys compared to that level of technology we wouldn't have a clue really i mean joe even talks about there are monkeys now that are getting out of the stone age monkeys and apes right and then you know that's the progression of evolution like we the building technology in a sense that's very basic technology we have better technology you know we're slowly building it but i mean imagine giving any of these things to one of those stone age monkeys anything even the most simple technology like, how long do you think it would take for a bunch of Stone Age monkeys to figure out a Rubik's Cube, right? Or even play a game of Connect Four, like the most simple thing. It just, even if they knew there was a reward at the end that was worth solving it, how long would it take them to figure that out? Long fucking time, for sure. You know? Very true. It's kind of like Joe Rogan's first special, or his first, like, televised Netflix special. If you guys saw that one, it's great. It was really the first time I ever saw him do comedy, and I was so impressed. He like talks about what would happen if the lights go off, you know, where power comes from, who even knows how to make it. You know, you've got the pyramids were built, and then, you know, 
he was like an advanced race, may have built them, but the people after them were like, what the hell is this? Let's just move in. Let's draw on the walls. Like he made some really good examples of stuff through history that I, I'd never heard that type of talk before in comedy. And it was it was mind blowing. It really sucked me in. I think I was listening to that one. I think it was like his 2005 special, but I didn't see it till about 2013. It was relatively late. I, you know, I, I hadn't seen his stand up. I'd just been listening to his podcast and seen him on UFC. Um, it was I was hooked then. Just the way he thinks, very clever, very stoner-like, but so clever. You've got to give him that. And, um, you know, you can make those comparisons. It really is. Like, he even often says we're the sex organs of the machine world. And Bob Lazar really liked that. And Bob's clearly a very smart guy. If he did work for Sandia Labs, if he did put um, a, a jet engine on his fucking Toyota car when he was, like, in his 20s, I mean, he's a smart dude. Right, even if he is delusional, and he loved that. He loved that analogy. Um, this this episode is massively important for anyone that is into UFOs or is like on the fence, or maybe you're not at all, and you just want to get a feel for it. You just want to be like, all right, what's this guy talking about? Is there something there? Is this worth listening to at all? To me, it sounds like the most credible thing I've ever heard for UFOs. Has it changed what I think about things? I don't know. No, probably not. Maybe. Maybe not. But it's a start, and it's fascinating, and I really enjoyed it. So check it out. Well, guys, as always, thank you so much for downloading. Message me um, on – you can email me. Get me on uh, uh, Joe Rogan Experience Review on Instagram. I appreciate the follows. Like my stuff. Message me there with comments, whatever. And otherwise, take it easy. Thanks, guys. <laughs>